Good afternoon, rather good evening. Welcome back to John Rosenberg Podcast. Uh, it's been a while since I've been on this podcast. Um, thank you for listening. Um, this uh, report is going to talk about, is India the racist country in the world? I'll say yes. Um, one can argue, I'll say America is the racist country in the world. But i say India, the reason I'm saying India, because India, the caste system was originated from India and a lot of countries like South Africa and America, they copy the same system from India. That being said, um, there have been some report out of India, Mumbai and other places in India. Um, those African students who, who went there to study, now there have been reports, some of them have overstayed their visa. Same thing with Indian. When Indian go to America, they overstay their visa. When they go to Europe, they overstay their visa. When they go to Australia, when they go to China, they overstay their visa. It's not something that only African do it. Every ethnic group, Chinese does it, Korean do it, Indian do it. Now Indian, because they're so close to us, uh, one of the we one of the same, but one can argue when it comes to African India, I don't see the big difference. Only difference is is just ideology. You know, maybe you can say, you know, hair texture. There's a lot of African that have wavy hair, and that look they're not Indian. But that being said, you know, the, those people they're not really Indian. In, in retrospect, we are the real Indian in the Americas. Let's keep that in perspective. That being said, a lot of Indians have the disdain, hate for dark-skinned people. Even the, the untouchables in, in southern India, you know, they don't touch, they don't deal with them. I remember there was a there was a, a professor, and he came from the lower class in India, but he's a PhD professor here in America. But he said he took a trip back home, and he was on the bus with another uh, 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 Indian fella. And the Indian asked him, who are you, where are you from? And he told the Indian guy where he was from. And the guy jumped up and moved away from him because he came from a lower class and he didn't want to be seen with that guy. That being said, something I've known, and I've been around Indian for many decades now. I've lived around them. I've, you know, I've worked with them in the workplace and uh, I befriend them. I'm not stating that all Indians are racist. Let me be clear on that. You got to be... Uh, objective here. Not all the Indians are racist. Now you have over a hundred Indi- uh, over a hundred million Indian throughout the world, in the Caribbean island, Jamaica, Trinidad, Guyana, and you have them in Africa. Over like maybe five million people in that are Indian in Africa, in South Africa, and uh, el- elsewhere in Africa. Now what you gotta take a uh, take a look at? They don't mistreat Indian Africa. In some cases they do, but on average, we're going by the law of average, Indian don't get mistreated in Africa. That's a fact. That is a fact. Now, on the flip side, whenever you see African, whenever they go abroad, they always get discriminated. Primarily because of bad leadership. If you go to a country, they have to be law in place to protect those citizens. Because if Indians go to Africa, they're not being discriminated against. Because they have law in place. If Indians get mistreated, guess what? They're going to call the, 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 the Indian embassy. They're going to call the government to intervene. And same thing with those African students in India who have been suffering for many years now. Now, you don't walk to somebody and attack them, call them Kafa. Kafa is the equivalent to nigger. You know, Kafa, 
You call the guy, you know, we don't call you coolies like the, the English did. You know, you guys are a bunch of coolies, but we don't go around calling you coolies because we know that there's some connotation, some racist connotation behind that word. So we don't call you coolies. But you feel to call us kafa and all that stuff, which is very racist term when you're speaking to a person of color. I mean, same thing with the word nigger. You know, the word neg is negro, but the English, they, they jack it up, they turn it to nigger. Now, you can, it's very racist. It's got a, race, a racist undertone. That being said, uh, Indians are racist. Them skippy they are, especially the upper-class Indians. And I've dealt with those upper-class Indians too. So they are very racist. And that's why skin blushing is number one in India. If it's all the Indian women, look at the passport when they come to this country, when they come to other countries. They were really dark-skinned people. But when they use a lot of uh, skin bleach, to lighten the skin to look more white. They think white is better. That's how we've been brainwashed. First of all, racism is systematic. Secondly, it's group economics. It has nothing to do with your color. It's mostly group economics and, and, um, and systematic laws that have been placed. The caste system was further uh, was pushed by the British. The British, they, they implement the same system by, you know, class and color so that they will not give you a job if you're a dark skin, if you're like a touch, they will give you like a regular job, a lower class job. They look, they go by your skin color plus by your, stat, your, your family status. And the British, they start doing this since the 1860 to, I'll say to the 1940s when they get the, their ass kicked out of India. And Mohammed Gandhi, I won't call him Mohammed, he's not a saint. I would say Gandhi. Now, Gandhi was a lawyer, for those of us who don't know that, he was a lawyer who studied in Oxford. He was, uh, he was a spy pretty much for the British Empire. He was a spy, he became a human rights leader. There had been a lot of confliction with, uh, with his, his ideology. Was he a racist? Yes, he was. You can argue that. You can refute that. He was a racist. You look at it, that's in his, doc, in his dossier. You read his dossier, his letters, you can tell how he feel about the South African. He said they one level above a beast. That's just, that's just racist at his, at his finest. So, that being said, we always claim Gandhi played non-violence. Yeah, you can argue that if you want to. That's, that's a good argument. But you cannot say he was not racist. Even among his own people, he has, that's why he divided the whole country because he was the one that, that separated the country from Pakistan to India. They, you know, Pakistan, those of us who don't know that, Pakistan is really North India, if you don't know your geography. That's North India. Pakistan used to be part of, even Sri Lanka, that used to be part of India too. But they separate because of Gandhi and the English. They separate those countries. But they all one of the same. That being said, let me address the African students. Those of you in India who have been molested, who, who have been mistreated, not molested, mistreated by Indian authorities, you need to go to your embassy, whether you're from Kenya, whether you're from Zambia, whether you're from South, uh, South Africa, wherever you're from in Africa, you need to go to your embassy and address it with your, with your government. Now, it's your government to deal with the Indian government. My advice to all African leaders who go to India and they heard about those atrocities to you know, uh, Indian um, African students, you should cut diplomatic ties with India completely. If you don't do it, they won't keep doing it to your people. That's a lack of, that's a disrespectful because you don't do that to their people when they go to your country. If I'm going to send my people to your country, they have to be protected. 
they cannot be something the same uh, situation you see uh, Dubai and um, Saudi Arabia and Libya, Morocco, in China, even here in America. At least America, they have laws that protect your people from discrimination. But India doesn't have it. You know, India have some kind of laws, but they don't they don't uh, apply it as much. And we need to uh, those uh, African leaders. They need to stress it. They need to address it head on, because this cannot go on and on and on. Because people are gonna die. People are gonna suffer from this uh, from this problem. This problem must resolve. They need to address the Indian government to put law in place that was gonna protect those African students who study over there. That's why people don't expect African because you guys welcome everybody to your country. But when you go to other country, whether it's Europe, you know, whether it's the Middle East, so-called Middle East, you get mistreated because your leaders suck ass. Your leaders are douchebag. They don't work for thing. They don't work for them. Most of them, not all of them, but most. Because if if my country, anybody from my country goes to a country and they get mistreated, I'm going to call that embassy, that government. I'm going to address the issue head on. If they don't resolve the issue, it's time for you guys to turn out to head back to Africa. And that's why I'm so uh, adamant about this because this is what, what poor leadership do. If you have some great institution in Africa, why would you be going to study in India? Why would you be doing that? Because your institution failed you and your leadership failed you too. Primarily your leadership, because if you have great leadership, you would have great institution. So therefore, you will have no need to go to study in India. You don't have no need for it. You probably go there to visit and spend some time there, but you will not go there and study there because you have because you have institution to study it. Because of lack of uh, leadership, it consequently, there's no institution over there in Africa for students to study. That's why a lot of students come to America to study. They go to England, they go to other places. You know, they go to uh, the Netherlands, they go to uh, Germany to study because Amer- African leadership is very bad. You know, I spoke to that, I spoke to about this topic in my last podcast, African leadership suck ass, you know. But Indians for, for have this disdain, hate for people of color, uh, dark-skinned people. In their own country, in America, you see it. And in the Caribbean, you see it. And you see it in Africa. And I've dealt with Indians. And they all they, marry, they all tell their children, don't marry black. Marry white. Or marry another Indian like yourself. Especially, that's how they... You see, you have to understand how people think, how they, they get this ideology, this, this mindset from. It's from their culture. That's why I tell people, when you're going to get married with other culture, you have to do your homework about their mindset, their religion, what they're into, what they don't like, how they operate on a daily basis, what kind of people they are. So you have to understand, that's the system. The caste system, the apartheid was taken from the caste system. The black, the Jim Crow in, the, in America, Jim Crow in the black codes, that was a bad product of the caste system out of India. Because those English, remember, they rule India and they rule America for a long time. They they use the same system but different name, different acronyms. But it was the same system that they use here in America, in the Caribbeans, in Africa. It was the same system, but it was different name. It was under a different name, but it's the same principle. You have to know that. You have to understand and overstand what I'm saying. 
African student, I'm going to address you guys first and foremost. I feel your pain. I know what you're going through. It's unfortunate, but I blame your government. Because your government, your leaders are being bought out by high, uh, by special interests. So they put yourself, they put you guys at risk by doing that. Indian, I remember there was a report out of Australia where Indian was be picked on and, and discriminated against. And the Indian government and the Indian people, they, they was outraged about that. I said, how could it be outraged about Australian, you know, mistreating you? But meanwhile, you're mistreating Africans in your country. That's a hypocrisy I don't like. You know, you guys need to stop, you know, stop that. Especially those of you who work in the government and in business. You need to stop that shenanigan. If it's not good for you, it's not good for us either. And I'm not African, by the way. I'm Caribbean. But I've seen it in America. When you go to an Indian shop where there's 7-Eleven, a gas station, they follow you around. Now, granted, some of us do still think. You go to India, there's still stuff in India. Do I think all Indians are thieves? No. But... It happens in India every day. People still stuff in India. But when they come to America, they open those 7-Eleven, those gas stations, which they get a grant from the government to do so. And don't get it twisted. They get a grant. So when they open those businesses, like a hotel, whatever it is, they're very big in a hotel. They own a lot of hotels here in America. In Africa, too. So that's their primary business. Your hotel, gas station, 7-Eleven, and some other investment. So they do a lot of those investments in America. So Indians are very prominent in business and in technology. When I say they are the smartest people, they are not the smartest people. African by far the smartest people, if you look at it. But the media does not portray that. They say they'll say Asian or you know Japanese or which I beg to differ, or they'll say Chinese or which I beg to differ either. Most Chinese are not that smart. Let's be clear on that. So that being said, African students have suffered. You know, they have been reported in, 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 in Europe, in France, in Germany, in the Netherlands, where African being mistreated. In China, primarily, uh, recently there was a report out of China where there was an African student that was mistreated by Af- um, Chinese. And it's all over the world. You see, the reason why they don't respect you is because you don't have a stable government. You don't have leaders that back you up. If they know that they, if they're disrespectful, there will be an outrage, a backlash against their government, they will not do that to you. Because they know that most of your African leaders, they have no backbone. Let me repeat it. Most of your African leaders have no backbone, have no integrity or dignity about themselves. They are sellout. The same thing here in America. A lot of those black leaders here, they are symbol which is their sellout. They will sell it for a bag of rice. So that's why a lot of those countries don't respect you when you go to their country because they know that you don't have a leadership to back you up. You don't have a government to back you up. So consequently, they lose respect for the citizen that come to those countries. Whether it's, you talk about Saudi Arabia, you talk about Dubai, Morocco, Libya, they don't, look, look at the truth those African in Libya. And, and Libya is in Africa. <laughs> Hello, Libya is in Northeast Africa. It's right there in Africa, North Africa. Look how they treat those Africans like, like slave. And did the Saudis talk about it? No. Did the, the, you know, those other high-class people talk about it? No. Did America talk about it? Sometime, but most of the time they didn't even talk about it. Only African media was pushing it for a long time. 
And the same thing, those African students, I feel the pain. You can, you can tell the agony on their voice and the testimony when they were talking to the, the, the Indian media, NDTTV. So I was watching NDTTV, it's an Indian network on YouTube. So they was express. they said, hey, racism is part of our world. Racism is a global phenomenon. If you didn't know that, now you know like Biggie said. If you didn't know, those of us who know Biggie Small, now you know. Because racism is a global phenomenon. It's a global, whether you live in Africa, Asia, the Americas, Europe, the Middle East, it doesn't matter. Racism is a global phenomenon. And, and I would say this. Those Africans who are traveling abroad, who are going to move abroad, who are going to study abroad, please, I repeat, please do your homework. Do your homework about those societies before you take a visa. Don't go there blindly because you'll be mistreated. You, you'll, be, you'll be so mistreated. You have to do your homework before leaving your, your native country to uh, migrate to those countries. A lot of those Africans, they don't do their homework. They just go to those countries because they get a visa. Primarily, they, they, their country is in shambles, so they feel pressure to come to, to leave their country because they don't have no, nothing to fall back on. They don't have no education. They have no, 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 no food to eat. They, are, they, they barely surviving because the, the government, have, their leaders have failed them collectively, have failed those countries, whether you talk about Zimbabwe, whether you talk about Ghana, well, Ghana, right now they're doing pretty good. You know, we talk about Kenya. Kenya's doing okay. Um, you know, they need to stop taking loans from China. But that's a whole different um, topic on that. I'm not going to touch that topic right now. I'm just talking about racism in India. India, Indians by collectively, not all of them, most of them, whether you're talking about South African Indians, those of them that live in Kenya, in Ghana, and elsewhere in Africa. They don't get mistreated. So if you don't get mistreated in Africa, why would you mistreat African citizen who reside in your country or who go study in your country? I don't get it. When the Australian was mistreating your people, you were outraged. You were mad. You said, how dare the Australian mistreat Indian like that? Like savages. But you do that to Africans. You treat them like savages. You call them kafa. You call them niggers to their face. You beat them up. You mistreat them. You won't give them a job. You won't give them a housing. Those are the things that the head of state of those countries, primarily in Africa, need to address with the an Indian government. They need to cut ties with India, diplomatic and trade. They need to cut trade with India. Say, so you know what? If you're going to treat our citizens like that, we're not going to do trade with you. We're going to stop the trade. That will show you have some integrity and some backbone. If you don't do those things, they will not respect you. You should say, you know what? We're going to cut ties with your country because you don't respect our citizen when they come to your country. Because if you don't respect our citizen, we're going to do, we're going to cut ties. We're not going to do no trade, no diplomatic thing. We ain't doing nothing with your country until you put law in place that are going to protect my citizen when they come to your country. If you don't put law and in your police force, they must enforce those laws. If they don't, they will be sued in court of law. Okay, they will be sued. And your government also will be sued. Let's be clear about this. This must resolve. It's the same 
uh, paradigm we have here in America is the same issue that we're finding here in America. Is the same issue we find in South America. Is the same issue we find in South Africa with the Africans who have stole the land under false pretense. Now they refuse to give it back to the African people. It's the same issue. But this racism is a global phenomenon, like I said earlier. We need to address this because many people have died over this problem. Is it going to stop? No, it's not going to stop. But there's way to um, slow the process because, like I said, people have prejudice. You can overcome prejudice because that's something people are born with. Um, they, it was, it was uh, their life experience. You can eradicate prejudice, but racism you can you can stop it because, like I say, it's after doing economics. In African country, you need to open more institution and stop putting Gandhi statue in your school. Gandhi was not a friend of Africans. Let's be clear on that. Stop putting Gandhi statue. I don't know if those uh, Indian governments paying your leaders to keep their mouth shut. You shouldn't have no Gandhi statue in your in your universities or in your in, in your in your houses, because Gandhi was a racist. He didn't like black people. Okay, let's be clear on that. He did not like black people. You should know that. You should look, read his letters and see where where he stands. When he told you the Zulus are one level above the beasts, so that's disrespectful. So. Like I said, it's up to those African leaders to address this issue head on with the Indian government because those students, they leave their country, they leave their family behind to go there and study to have a better future. So if you're going to mistreat my people in your country, we're going to cut trade ties, we're going to cut diplomatic ties, and then we're going to ship all your Indians out of Africa and back to India or back to wherever they want to go. We're going to ship them out. Because until they show respect to our citizen in your country, we're not going to do no trades. We're not going to do nothing with you until we stop. We put law in place that's going to protect our citizen in your country. It's a sad day in India for African students and China also because it's the same, same, the same dilemma in China. It's the same dilemma. It's the same exact dilemma in China. A lot of uh, uh, students are being mistreated in China to, to the university, to housing, to jobs. And that's how a lot of them, they have to work on by themselves to make some kind of ends meet to support their family. That being said, it's a disgrace for Indian government and the Indian leaders in India to, put, to resolve this problem. Because we know everybody have their prejudice. We can eradicate prejudice because that's part of a human being. But racism is a group economy, is a, is a systematic, we need to resolve, we need to solve this problem because our future is dependent on it. Our children are going to suffer from that if we don't get our act together. And that's going to be both, both Indian and Africans because Indians get discriminated on every day, whether it's in America, Asia, Europe, they get discriminated on every day, okay? But they don't like, they don't like it. Okay, if you don't like it, we don't like it either. So, you know, don't be a hypocrite. You don't like when those white people mistreat you, but you want to mistreat us. No, we're not going to play those games with you. We are not playing those games with those East Indian. Let me be clear on that. East Indian, whether you're in the Caribbean islands, whether you're in America, whether you're in Africa, Asia, it doesn't matter. We're not putting those, we're not going to put up with those nonsense with you. We're going to address it head on. That being said, 
those of us who are Africans who resign Africa, built your country, make your country a better nation, and built more institutions where you can educate your people so they don't have a need to go outside and study. So where they can stay in the country and study and use that knowledge to build that country, that nation. That being said, that's all I got to say about this topic, racism in, 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 in India. India one of the racist countries in the world. It is. And you have Russia and America right behind it. So that being said, if you know your history, you cannot refute what I just said. Go do some study, do some research. My heart go out to those African students in, um, in India. Keep your head up and uh, um, God love you guys. One love. Take care. Bye-bye.